welcome back to What is a Lutheran? Episode 5, Theologians of the Cross. Today we are going to get into one of the most important pieces of Lutheranism, and also one of the least understood, the theology of the cross. Before we get there, though, it's helpful to maybe stand back for a moment. What actually defines Lutheranism? I know I can hear you say, isn't that what we have you for? Well, yes, that is what this podcast is about. But maybe it is helpful to compare and contrast a moment. Many other Christian denominations are defined by the way their churches are organized. Don't know what I mean? Well, just think about the Presbyterian Church. Presbyterian is a way of organizing a church body. The church organization says so much about the denomination and its identity that they can actually name the church after the way they organize themselves. Same goes for the Episcopal Church. Episcopal means bishop, and it's a way of organizing your church, again, around the bishop. Even Roman Catholic reflects the importance of a way of organizing the church in relationship to the bishop of Rome. Lutherans, however, are different. The way the church is organized does not really define us. Lutherans are organized in a hundred different, sometimes contradictory ways. That is because Lutherans are more defined by two things. First, a shared history of the Reformation that we believe anyone, German, American, or Ethiopian, can take part in. Second, theology defines us. The first thing the Reformers did was not set up a church organization, but write the Augsburg Confession. Up to this point, we have covered a lot of the history part, and we are working our way through the theology. We went over law and gospel and justification. These two things are solid doctrines. That is, they are spelled out clearly in various works of Lutheran theology, past and present. What we are getting into today, however, is a little different. The theology of the cross is not a set of beliefs about Jesus on the cross. Instead, the theology of the cross is a way of approaching all theology. The theology of the cross is a way of seeing, then talking about God and the world. A word of warning, you may find yourself asking, why haven't I heard any of this before? Well, the simple answer is that the theology of the cross is a minority report within the Christian faith. This is not the dominant way of looking at things. Let's go back to history for a moment. Way back in April of 1518, during the time period covered in episode 2C, Martin Luther was newly famous from the surprise hit that was the 95 Theses. Luther was still an Augustinian monk at this point, and the head of his order summoned Luther to a debate in Heidelberg. Remember that at this time, debates were held and conducted via lists of theses that people would print out, attempt to prove, then argue over. This is what the 95 Theses were supposed to be. 95 reasons why Luther thought indulgences were way off that Luther hoped would spark a formal debate. For this debate in Heidelberg, Luther wrote 28 theses and accompanying proofs to be heard. We call this doc document the Heidelberg Disputation. Theses 16 through 21 are the real meat of the issue, and so I'm just going to read them for you. Luther wrote the following. Theses 16. The person who believes that he can obtain grace by doing what is in him adds sin to sin so that he becomes doubly guilty. Theses 17. Nor does speaking in this manner give cause for despair, but for the arousing 
the desire to humble oneself and seek the grace of Christ. Theses 18. It is certain that man must utterly despair of his own ability before he is prepared to receive the grace of Christ. Theses 19. That person does not deserve to be called a theologian who looks upon the invisible things of God as though they were clearly perceptible in those things which have already happened. Theses 20. He deserves to be called a theologian, however, who comprehends the visible and manifest things of God as seen through the suffering of the cross. Theses 21. A theologian of glory calls evil good and good evil. A theologian of the cross calls a thing what it actually is. So there you have it. A theologian of glory versus a theologian of the cross. But what does all that theological gobbledygook actually mean? Well, that's what we're hopefully going to get into today. But before we go forward, you may notice that Luther says theologian of glory and theologian of the cross. Some older translations of this work use the phrase theology of the cross and theology of glory. In order to not sound like I'm directly insulting people, I'm going to be using the terms theology of glory and theology of the cross. But know that it is hard to divide people from theology. Theology is not some abstract thing that exists on its own, but done by people, by theologians. If you are confused, and believe me that part of the reason this episode took so long is because I had to straighten myself out, sometimes it's easier to start with what a thing isn't rather than what it is. We call this the via negativa, or the negative way. You define a thing by what it isn't rather than by what it is. As an example, let's imagine someone comes up to you and asks, what is the church? You could give an affirmative answer, like the body of Christ. That answer is affirmative because it tries to tell this person what the church is. However, if this imaginary person doesn't know a single thing about scripture, then the body of Christ won't make much sense to them. You could also use the via negativa, or the negative answer. Talk about how, what the church isn't. The church isn't just a social club, isn't just a franchise operation, isn't just four walls of a building. The church is not just about being good citizens like the Rotary Club. That answer would probably be more helpful to a person who didn't know anything about the Bible or church. You can already actually see Luther using this method in the disputation. A theologian of the cross is contrasted with a theologian of glory. Luther here is using terms from the 16th century that can confuse us. So what does a theologian of glory do and believe? Well, there are two places to start. First, a theologian of the cross knows that it's not about us and what we can do. Gerhard Ferdi, a Lutheran theologian, says that it's helpful to think about the theology of the cross versus the theology of glory as telling two different stories, the glory story and the cross story. The story of glory is probably something that you have all heard before. It goes like this. Human beings were destined for glory, and somehow we got derailed off track, off the glory road. However, that is only temporary, and it's only a small problem, because with the right religious effort, we will get back on the glory road. Kind of by default, this is probably the story you tell yourself, even if you are a Christian. 
The Christian version goes like this. Well, Adam was created perfect and glorious, but was seduced or fell from that glory and made us all guilty. But by the power of the cross, which pays our debt to sin, we are given the ability to return to that glory. Notice that in this story, that human beings are the focus and the cross is really just a small ingredient. In this version of the story, it's all about human effort. There is some little spark of glory that's within all of us that really allows us to love God on our own and go down the glory road. We just need a little help. In the glory story, that is what the cross and Jesus are reduced to, just a little help. However, the theologian of the cross tells a different story, the cross story. The theologian of the cross knows that it is absolutely not about what we can do. Luther said it in Thesis 18, It is certain that a man must utterly despair of his own ability before he is prepared to receive the grace of Christ. End quote. The theology of the cross doesn't look on the cross just as a little help, but looks on it as everything because it shows us that there is really nothing within us that can get us back to the glory road. As St. Paul says in Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The glory story for a theology of the cross is a dead end. The glory road can't take us to new life. The only way to life is through dying on the cross with Christ. This is the key point. God didn't just come down and live with us in Jesus the Christ. Jesus freely chose to walk right up to and into the consequences of our sin, death. By doing so, making sure that true life conquers our broken lives filled with small deaths and failures. Perhaps we can take this all down to earth for a moment with an issue that is in the headlines today, addiction. Through college and seminary, I was a pack-a-day smoker. I can tell you that several times people told me I needed to quit and that all I needed to do was just have the willpower to quit combined with a little help, the patch, gum, or whatever. That's a theology of glory talking. You can do it by the power that is within you. All you need is a little help. I believed this story and so tried six or seven times and honestly, I failed each time. The theologian of the cross, however, tells a different story. The theologian of the cross says, you're right, you can't do it by what's within you. In order to quit, I had to realize that I was never going to not be an addict. I was always, and always will, want a cigarette. I could tell lies to myself that I needed them because I was stressed or because I liked the community, but the truth is I always want a cigarette because I'm an addict. The only way was through death, in this case, death to the idea that I could cure myself of addiction. Theology of the Cross tells a story of going through death to life by the deadly cross of Christ. Theology of Glory tells a story of overcoming death and thus choosing life. You can see the way these two ways of theology play out in real life. A common refrain during the opioid crisis today is people asking, why can't they just stop taking heroin? We provide all sorts of rehab and substitutes like methadone. But that question and the attitude of despair that comes with that question is a question and an attitude of a theology of glory. It comes from a belief in glory and a belief that there is something that is within us that allows us to overcome if only we have the right help.
But of course, addiction doesn't work that way. So models like AA and NA are built around a different realization. The realization that we are, in fact, powerless and cannot just overcome. So AA and NA work on accompanying the addict through their journey, not helping them conquer. The second thing that a theology of the cross is not is that a theology of the cross rejects triumphalism. Douglas John Hall defines triumphalism as the tendency in strongly held worldviews to present themselves as full and complete accounts of reality, leaving little, if any, room for debate or difference or opinion and expecting of their adherents unflinching belief and loyalty. Okay, I hear you say, but what the heck does that mean? Another way to put this is that triumphalism is believing that your belief is so certainly right that it deserves to be heard above any alternative beliefs in the world. Lately, I've been watching the Ken Burns documentary series on Vietnam. In American history, there's probably no better example of triumphalism. People were so certain in the rightness of America and the wrongness of communism that there was no room for debate or doubt. People were certain America could win, and certain, at least through the early and even midpoint, that it was a good war to fight. America deserved to and would triumph. So triumphal were all the times that if you questioned the war, you risked losing your support. Martin Luther King, for example, became deeply unpopular after he came out against the war. The trick with triumphalism is that it deserves to triumph part. Of course, the world doesn't always give what we think we deserve, and so the triumphalist is a person who has no problem using the power and authority to enforce certain truth that the triumphalist person thinks is obvious. This was Luther's problem. Luther always wanted a debate, wanted an honest discussion of the ideas. However, instead of debate and honest wrestling with his questions, the church used authority, power, papal bulls, excommunication, and arrest orders. The problem with the theology of glory is, is that it produces triumphalists. Doubt and self-criticism are deemed to be dangerous. God is deemed to be revealed in power and might and the obvious certainties of life. And the use of power and might in service of truth is not deemed to be a problem. A small example is when people complain about sports on Sundays. Often people will say to me, if only it was like the old days when it was illegal to be open on Sundays. This is glory thinking. Obviously this was right, and obviously we need to return to it, even if it means using power. All of this stems from the fact that for the, that for the theology of glory, God is revealed in all the obvious things. Luther says in Theses 19, that person does not deserve to be called a theologian who looks upon the invisible things of God as though they were clearly perceptible in those things which have already happened. The theologian of glory looks upon those things which have actually happened and clearly sees God at work. Things like power, money, glory, beautiful things. All that stuff reveals the invisible glory of God. The theology of the cross rejects the triumphalist thinking because, as Luther says in Thesis 20, the theologian of the cross sees the visible and manifest things of God through the suffering and the cross. God is revealed most on the cross, and so that changes how we see all things. 
This is the God who suffers with us, the meaning of Emmanuel. And so suddenly, the way we evaluate size and power and wealth and beauty are all changed. Doubt and questions and self-criticism are not signs of weakness, but signs of faith. So we have talked about what a theologian of the cross isn't, but can we say what it is? Perhaps the best statement comes from Douglas John Hall's book, The Cross in Our Context. And I quote, The most succinct and portable way that I have found to characterize the theology of the cross is to recall the three so-called theological virtues named by Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, faith, hope, and love. But remembering the importance of the via negativa for both Paul and Luther, the three positive virtues should be stated together with what they negate. Faith, not sight. Hope, not consummation. Love, not power. The theology of glory is always concerned with, reli with religion that is about sight and power. The theology of the cross is always concerned with the cross. This is by no means the totality of the theology of the cross. Whole volumes have been written about this subject, and so I can't sum it up in 20 minutes. If you want to know more, then I recommend you read Gerhard Ferdy's On Being a Theologian of the Cross and Douglas John Hall's The Cross in Our Context. I have links to both books on the website, whatisalutheran.wordpress.com. But what do I want you to get all this? What's the so what? Well, first, I want you to understand that most of American Christianity is centered around a theology of glory. A lot of American Christianity is triumphalist, concerned with power and numbers. A lot of American Christianity is concerned with what we can do and our possibilities. Glory is the water that we as Americans tend to swim in. What I also want you to hear is that this glory story can be pretty destructive. The problem with a triumphalist Christianity and a Christianity that focuses all on us instead of the cross is that it offers easy answers. The most obvious exam example of this is when people say, God has a plan in response to some tragedy. That's a glory statement because it's looking upon the invisible things of God as though they were clearly perceptible. God may have a plan, but the true comfort comes from the cross and the message that comes from the theology of the cross that says God accompanies us in all of our suffering and is found even in death itself on the cross. This theology of glory is not limited to religion. We see glory all the time, whether it's in our history or our politics at the moment. However, the glory story is especially present in our churches. Denominations love to measure things by numbers. How many people? How much money? How many giving units? However, using these clearly perceptible things to evaluate churches is an example of looking at the invisible things of God we are called to a theology of the cross, a way of being theologians, literally those who talk about God, that says it believes God is most revealed on the cross, that God's strange work is working life through death. You have to go through death to find life. It's not our ideal story, but as we have seen, the glory story is a story that always leads to a dead end. That's all for this week. 
Next week, we're going to get into the creeds, starting with the Nicene Creed, then the Apostles' Creed. A few show notes before we close. As you have noticed, the pace of episodes has slowed a little bit, and that's because it takes more time to research. So first, what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be changing. I'm going to be posting every two weeks, not every week. This is to give me time to research. Second, I'm going to be changing the days I post. From now on, I'm going to be posting on Fridays. This will give me a little more time in the week to produce the podcast. Thank you all very much, and I hope to see you next time for What is a Lutheran?